the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True wisdom is measured by the depth of a person's character as expressed in their conduct. We're back with another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. He's still in the book of James, the third chapter, and he's going to talk today about the two types of wisdom that James deals with in chapter 3, and he'll pick up in just a moment at verse 13. So get your Bible out and uh, turn to the book of James, chapter 3, verse 13, so you can follow along. The church is on the web at highlands.us, and there's a lot of information on the website about upcoming events throughout the summer for all age groups. You'll want to check that out, especially if you're in the San Bruno area. That's highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. A wise person, the word wise means someone who is not necessarily exceptional in their intellectual capacity, but rather one who has moral insight on the practical matters of daily living. And then he describes them wise and with understanding. And that word is used to describe someone who is an expert, has special knowledge in some area. And so he's saying the truly wise person demonstrates their understanding of God by the way they live. True, true wisdom is measured by the depth of a person's character as expressed in their conduct. The word conduct is a word that uh, the Apostle Peter used uh, in First Peter to describe the whole manner of Christian living. Uh, coming back to James, by his good conduct, let him show his works. Now, the 1984 version of New International Version translates the latter portion of the verse as follows. Let him, show, let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. And the picture that comes to my, to my, to my mind is the, is the story of Joseph and, he, and his life. Because he's, he's such an example of, of wise and godly living. When you think about what the ordeals that he went through, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. Uh, he ends up in Potiphar's house and ends up being harassed by Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison for something that he never did. If ever a man had reason to be bitter, Joseph did. But he never allowed his circumstances to affect and, and, and make him bitter. Instead, whatever circumstance he happened to be in, he conducted himself in a godly fashion that brought honor to God. And, and in the end, his trust was vindicated and, and, and God is faithful. And it says, let him show his works in the meekness, meekness of wisdom. The word meekness carries the idea of tenderness and graciousness. But uh, in the Greek, there's more to it because those English words kind of, they connote uh, a bit of, of weakness. And meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Uh, meekness is power under control. 
Meekness is power under control. It was used to describe a wild horse, strong, fast, a wild horse that has been tamed and is therefore profitable to its owner. And the application for us is that, that our wild hearts have been tamed and we are profitable to God. Meekness. You know, in that ancient culture, as it is in the emerging culture today, meekness is not considered to be a desirable social virtue. But for Jesus, it was. In one of the Beatitudes, he pronounced, blessed are the meek. The meek there means people with a genuine humility and awareness that they're unworthy before God and totally dependent on God for everything. It's important that we are not hypocrites who pretend to be humble. Uh, I know people who are humble and very proud of it. <laughs> you heard the story about the, the guy that received the award for being humble, and then it was rescinded when he showed up to accept it. Uh, the idea is, is that we must not be hypocrites and pretend to be humble. We need to be an honest assessment of ourselves and understand our place before God. And and we've got to watch out for this issue of pride because what pride is, is is an attitude that I am more important than someone else. And then we make decisions in our conduct that are based on on pride, and, and it's not good. So wisdom involves both actions and attitudes. A wise life will display not only goodness in action, but also humility in attitude. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. And so his argument is running like this. If if there's any among you who wishes to be a real teacher, then let him live a life of such beautiful graciousness that he will prove to everyone that meekness is the controlling value within his heart. But if he has a a bitterness and a selfish ambition, then he he is exposing himself to be a fake and being false to the truth he's supposed to be teaching. You know, jealousy among and towards church leaders is nothing new because unredeemed human nature has not changed. And oftentimes it's related to this selfish ambition. That word was used by Aristotle centuries before the New Testament was written to describe a person who was Uh, seeking political power by unjust means. They were trying to weasel their way into some place of power or influence or authority. And and sometimes we can be filled with envy, bitter envy. Bitter envy is misguided zeal that results in contentiousness, anger, um, and so forth. And by the way, there's two kinds of anger. There's Righteous anger, and then there's the other kind of anger. And the, the problem is that sometimes we have the other kind of anger and we can justify it as being righteous anger when, in fact, it's not. And, and when anger rises up within us, oftentimes it's indicative that we have an agenda and we're not getting our way. And that's why we're getting angry. So anger is one of those, one of those signs that we're just not getting our way. Um, You know, whenever we um, have ambition and bitter envy, we need to to find out what it is that's motivating us to be critical of church leaders. 
if, if we're being critical towards a church leader, then we need to ask some questions. I mean, our, for instance, do we imagine that we could do a better job than, than them if we were in the role instead of them? Or um, are we simply jealous of the success or the talents and abilities that God has given them and either wish that they were ours instead of the other person's or that the other person just plain didn't have them? That comes from envy. And when Paul, in his letters, uses these two terms, he uses them to describe uh, leaders, false leaders, who sow up discord and dissension and division, claiming to have a superior wisdom, gathering to themselves a small little flock of their own and making accusations against other church leaders in order to consolidate uh, their little domain. And, you know, it would be wise for such people to heed the warning of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. It says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Abomination is a pretty strong word, isn't it? And, and these are things the Lord hates. Hates is a very strong word, isn't it? So what are these things? Because we don't want to do what the Lord hates and what's an abomination to him. Keep reading and we find out what they are. Haughty eyes, or pride, arrogance. A lying tongue, lying. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. That's a schemer, hidden agendas. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. That would include gossips and gossipers. Gossip. And one who sows discord, dissension, division among brothers. The Lord hates one who sows discord or division among Christian brothers and sisters. It is an abomination to him. Sowing dissension in a church is not trivial. God hates it. Selfish ambition is to the desire not to live for God, but to live for ourselves and our own agenda. And sometimes in that pursuit, we can lose sense of balance and proportion, become fanatics, and be filled with bitterness as people stand up and oppose us as we're trying to accomplish our personal agenda. And oftentimes, people will respond to that resistance by saying, don't you know who I am? Don't you know how great I am? Don't you know how special I am? I'm better than that guy you're listening to. You need to listen to me. Which is why James says, do not boast. Do not boast. To boast is to praise oneself, especially in comparison with someone else. And then he continues, he says, and be false to the truth. And so his logic is this. True wisdom is associated with humility. This is the truth. So to boast about wisdom when you're actually filled with jealousy and selfish ambition is a contradiction of terms. It cannot be true. Such a person does not have wisdom from above. Denying the truth or speaking against the truth is one of the chief characteristics of the devil as Jesus mentioned in John 8, 44, where he calls him the father of lies. 
going into verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Now, although he uses the word wisdom in verse 14, it's obvious that he's not talking about genuine wisdom. And so here and in the verses that follow, he begins a descriptive contrast. He lists some, some characteristics of these two kinds of wisdom, that false wisdom is marked by envy and selfish ambition. And, and the product of this in a church is disorder and every evil practice within the Christian community. You know, I've found in my own Christian life, as I've worked in churches, as I've worked in ministries, worked at Christian radio stations, and interacted with uh, fellow Christians, it's just tough to realize that we're still sinful human beings in need of Christ's redemption, of course, and His guidance. Pastor Layton is in the book of James talking about how we, as believers, need to grow to be more like Christ. And we'll hear more as we continue on the next edition of this broadcast. More information about this ministry is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. We're a nonprofit outreach, and we would love to have you come alongside of us as a financial partner. And details about Church of the Highlands are on the web at highlands.us. Join us tomorrow if you can at this same time as we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.